we're just we're just we're going. Go. We're not just gonna go. We're going. Go. You go. Yeah, we're going. You go. Will you talk so I can fuck with your audio while you, we're you go. doing this thing? What's you, the name of this thing, dude? Recovered AF Podcast. What is it? Recovered AF Podcast. Yeah, you sound good. Keep talking. Recovered as fuck a podcast. They're gonna think we don't know we're recording. Oh. What's going on, Aaron? We are recording. Yeah. Oh. Hey, this is a podcast. Um we probably will talk about some sort of 12-step recovery. It's a called recovery. Hey, AF. do this with more energy. I think you said this last week. Yeah. Maybe it's becoming a theme. You're not excited. You talk now. Uh, <laughs> this is, like Aaron said, this is he's a Debbie Downer today, so this is going to be a bear to get through. So <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is Recovered AF Podcast. Uh, on this podcast... It is Aaron and myself, Kyle. We talk about everything that's going on in our lives. Sometimes um, we talk about recovery stuff. Uh, the reason why we talk about recovery stuff is because Aaron and I have both taken the 12 steps and recovered from a hopeless place of mind and body. Um, but that does not mean that Aaron and I are spokespeople or representatives of those 12 step podcasts or <laughs> of those 12 step fellowships. Basically, what it means is Aaron and I share our own experience, and then uh, that's about it, dude. Do your grocery store analogy. I don't think so. Bring it with some energy, though. Mm, I don't have an analogy today. You should pound that thing because I'm jacked up, and you're about as somber as I've ever seen you. Some people have to work for a living, Kyle, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had to work on Saturday. So Uh, what happened was... Yeah, tell that story. Why are we not sitting here with a extremely diverse and interesting guest why is it just us fuckers again yeah well not again last week we had a cool guest if you haven't listened to last week's go listen to it it's phenomenal it's with a gentleman named dan who at one point was aaron's sponsor years and years ago probably like 25 because aaron's the fucking oldest guy i know but (laughs) um (laughs) but dan is awesome and has a very unique perspective on recovery um and and as a, a unique perspective on the fellowship, but he's a he's a really solid dude. I really and enjoyed also, the podcast, and also not unique at all. Well, <laughs> it's pretty unique. Um, he's awesome though. I really liked him. But uh, we had a plan yesterday, yep. Saturday, yep, December fourteenth. That's right. We were going to be down in Denver, and we had a plethora of guests lined up. We had them lined up. We had we were going to be down there at 9 a.m. doing our first podcast. And, and we had rolling through the afternoon. Three to four of them lined up. Different guests, female perspective, some real solid AA members. Another guest from our family fellowship. Yep, another guest from the family fellowship. of. Uh, and um, what, what ended up happening... Aaron, why don't you tell us what happened? Because on Tuesday... You found out you might have to work. Yeah, this is a, so like this time of year, my work is it's in the month of December. We're very busy where I work, and uh, and um, so Monday, I was told we were probably going to have to work. Tuesday, I was told I was definitely going to have to work on Saturday. I was like, well, that sucks, and I sort of freaked out, and I was like called my cousin Amy Mm because she was uh, hooking us up with all these wonderful guests. And she was going to be one of them. Yeah. And uh, 
was like, hey, we're going to have to cancel. I'm going to have to work on Saturday. And I've, I've been with this company 17 years, and this has happened once or twice. And both those times were definitely storm-related. So mm-hmm. this wasn't even a storm-related thing. And so I honestly didn't believe, you know, when we scheduled these – that I would have to work. In right. other words, I obviously wouldn't have scheduled them. Right. And so we, so I called her up, and I was like, hey, we're going to have to cancel. I feel terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then as the week started to wear on, I started to get the feeling that I wasn't going to have to work. It was just that intuition, that yeah. gut feeling that I wasn't going to have to work. So I called Kyle, and I was like, hey, you know, if I find out late Friday that I'm going to, you know, not have to work, will you still be able to do this? And Kyle's like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. I don't have anything going on. Yeah. And uh, called Amy back, and she was like, yeah, I, I could probably, you know, the original people were probably out, but she had a couple more super dynamic people that were going to be able to participate. And I was like, all right. And then fortunately I was like, but I won't know until late Friday for sure. So I, you know, let them know that this is super tentative. Go to work a half an hour later get called to the meeting Thursday morning, Friday morning, and we're told that we were absolutely 100% all going to have to work on Saturday. So yeah. all of that planning and unplanning and replanning was all for naught. Yeah, dude. And so instead I went to work yesterday. Yeah, dude. You worked, uh, so you've been putting in the hours, dude. Yeah, I'm getting that 60-hour that, that hitter. Yeah, dude. So long story short, you, listeners are stuck with, yeah. Fucking you and me again. Which bums me out because we we're going to have... This was going to get us through the new year. Yeah. We we're going to have a bunch of them lined up. Yep. We we're going to have some real winners. Yeah. First solid of all. people yeah. in recovery. People that we've been around when we went to the Fellowship of the Spirit conference. And people that were beautiful inside and out. And your cousin, Amy, who's been on the podcast before. Who's beautiful inside now. She survived the spinach. She so, did. Yeah. She she was juicing at the time. Or, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's got some. Juicing, juice out. Juicing, juice out. That's right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So, instead, now we're on the grind for the next three weeks trying to get people through the holidays, which Dang. might be tough. So, yeah. We do have a guest lined up for the first weekend of January. Yeah. He lives over in Laramie. Yeah. In Laradice. Yeah. Laradice. Yeah, dude. So, we got a guest then. So, and then Megan wants to come back on. Oh, good. Yeah, so we'll get Megan back on. Maybe she we can, can probably until January, though. What? Yeah. Bull. I tried to talk to her about the next couple of weekends she's working or has her test for her LCLS, licensed social worker thing. Little Miss, I'm so busy. Yeah, she is busy, Ooh, dude. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, everyone's busy, but she's a pretty good inspiration for me because she is a very busy individual. She has to, um, like, follow a planner. Where my life is busy, but it's very regimented busy, so I do the same thing around mm. the same times. Yeah, me know? too. It's like, all right, I work till... Plus, I remember this. shit. Yeah, I work till this time, and then I've got like a sponsee this time, and we meet every week at that. Mm-hmm. So it's very regimented. Mm-hmm. Hers, because her schedule, she, she works like three thirteens, and then has four days off. Oh, okay. But the problem is it's not the same three days. It's not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No, because that would be the bomb Wouldn't that be schedule. The yeah. yeah, it's like she'll work a Tuesday, a Friday, Saturday, and then the new week starts, and she'll work Sunday, and then she'll have like Monday, Tuesday off, and then work a Wednesday. Like it's never the same schedule. So, gotcha. so she is always constantly juggling, and then she's studying for her LSW. Or I don't. I'm probably saying that wrong. So, but studying for her final exam for her social worker license that kind of puts her in the 
I think I don't know for sure. I think it's like as high as you can go, though, okay. education wise. Okay. I don't know if they do a doctorate in social work. If they do, then that would be higher than this. But other than that, this is like the upper echelon. Yeah. Of, so she's taken that next Wednesday. Okay. So she's been on the grind studying. Yeah, that makes sense. She's got two sponsees. Yeah. She works a lot. She yeah. picks up an extra shift a week at uh, this place that works with people with behavior health issues. Mm-hmm. She's just a busy individual. Yeah. Basically is what I'm saying. Sounds like it. So around the beginning of the year, we'll get her on again. Okay. Because she's fun. I had a, I think her podcast is one of the better ones we've done. Yeah. And her story is just fucking crazy. So. It's, uh, well, the, fun, the funny thing that I like about Megan is she's just this um, very, you know, she's just, she just seems very sweet and small and, and just organized and working. Mm-hmm. And I just cannot see her doing the seven-day server, working as a server, yeah. <laughs> wearing the same shirt, being Covered barely, in butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just so far removed from that person. It's just f- fun to have her on. Yeah, and it's fun to, like, she's got some really funny stories, too, of yeah. just, like, yeah. how she was. Because when you see her, you're like, this, yeah. there's no way this individual is that individual, yeah. you know? And so that's the best part about it is... Yeah listening to some of her story. She's, yeah. she's a riot. Yeah. And she, we're just talking about Megan's, That's which I'm right. cool with. She is, I say it all the time, she's so much more spiritual than I am because, like, I feel like I kind of get hooked up. Things just kind of work themselves out for me. And Megan has, she gets to really practice this stuff. Like, her work situation, she kind of got... I don't want to say screwed over, but kind of got the short end of the stick with the work situation, and she she was gonna go she was gonna go to another department, and then then and ended up not being able, able to, to happen for her, and it was a little bit sketchy how that went about. Yes, yeah. and and she kind of just took it on the chin and handled it like an adult, and like hasn't loved her job, but like always makes the best of it yeah. and is when she's there she's a hundred percent there it's not like she's bitter and resentful and not doing good. like i don't yeah. know i just yeah. get to see her practice spiritual principles all the time that it makes me as an individual want to want to do the same thing does she look at it as like okay this is where i wanted to go and this is where my heart is um but i'm but that's not but that's not where i'm at so then this is where God must want me kind of a thing? Is that how she resolve? I guess it's probably a question for her, but yeah. that'd probably be the only way I could resolve something mm-hmm. like that if my heart was somewhere else and then I thought I had that opportunity and then it closed. Yeah, see, what inspires me is I, I think recently she's there, but when it was early on, she kind of knew she was not getting the right deal. Mm-hmm. And to be able to handle that with like grace and tact and like peaceful was what i was inspired by like because you know like it's easy to just write it up as like oh well i guess it wasn't meant to be but Mm -hmm. it was like to watch someone kind of get the short end of the stick Mm -hmm. and then still march on in a really healthy way was i was like wow this is this is cool to see yeah because i know how i handle things when i perceive that i am being screwed and that is not very graciously. Right. I say, oh, yeah, that's how it's going to be. You're going to have me do this. Cool. 
then I'm going to be terrible at it. Right, exactly. <laughs> or I'm going to quit, or I'm going to make it, like I'm going to throw a tantrum. You know what I mean? Yes. Like just, And she like exercised the proper, she asked other people's opinion, listened to it, followed the proper chains of command through the workplace, had a conversation with HR, like just all of these really adult things instead of just like cussing and yelling and trying to get her way. And then like came home and was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's really awesome because I remember talking to her when that was going on. And like um, in the back of my mind when something like so many times I've seen that thing work out, it looks like it's not going to work out, right? Right. That's where the 10th step comes in because I'm full of fear and resentment because I'm not going to get what I want. Mm -hmm. And then so many times in my life, um, I look back and, and it all worked out and everything was cool. Yes. And so I see that work out so many times that like when I'm talking to somebody else now, I almost want to tell them I'm sure it's going to work out. I know I can't tell them that because of situations like this. Right. It doesn't always work. It, right. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. Not the way that, you know, I don't get the thing that I want. Exactly. Yeah, that and, my heart was set on. Yeah, and and to for her to just kind of... One thing I like about her, I always try to understand stuff. And so then I'll like give an explanation of like, oh, well, you know, maybe God just didn't, like I try to make it so that my mind can understand it. Right. And she kind of is just like, yeah, it's not going to work out. And so then she just moved forward. And and what's cool is now, I don't want to share too much. There's going to be good things happening for her though. Like I know for a fact, good things are coming her way. Like, and she knows it too now. And Again, like my mind goes, well, it's because you went through the low spot. You get to come out the other end, you know, but it's like, I don't know why. Yeah. And she doesn't really try to explain it or like understand it. She just kind of stays in the trenches grinding along and like isn't always overly energetic and enthused and just loving everything. But like she she's the epitome of like working this thing in her day to day stuff which is really cool to like just wit- witness. I get to just watch that happen. Yeah. And I don't, I used to try to get involved all the time. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I get to watch it all mm. unfold. And I know that Megan's going to be just fine. And Megan applies the principles of this program and, and does so much stuff that like, I know that she's going to be fine. And, and all I, I get to just sit back and, and love her and watch her march on, which is cool. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. It's really a cool place to to be i'm really i really lucked out i have no idea why megan likes me (laughs) she's awesome well i'm glad you've been asking that question there have been several of us (laughs) exactly (laughs) asking that question i I think everybody (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the truth outkick the coverage there oh yeah by far um yeah, i a couple things that i was thinking about the one is like sometimes i um, try and have to consciously shut down my mind from wanting answers about why things are happening. Like you talked about her just being able to. And um, I think a lot of times in my experience, needing an answer and finding an answer is just a, a waste of mind time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like and, what I've told you before, like it all just is noise. Yeah. You know what I mean, like all of that is just kind of unneeded it's something to satisfy my ego in the moment or give my brain like i i think i drive around sometimes because my mind just goes whether i want it to or not Mm -hmm. and i'm like you've already been given all you need 
you have all of the answers. Yeah. You have instincts. You have intuitive thought. All of that other stuff is just like busy work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So just focus on this thing, and then what happens is I'm like, okay, this thing, and then I'm down the road, gone, thinking yes. about something entirely different yeah. when I intended to just be. Because I'm like, if I can just be present, I can rely on my intuitive thought and my instincts to handle every situation as they arise. Mm-hmm. God has already given me everything I need to survive this life. These are all survival tools that are hardwired into me that served a purpose for you know people to evolve and get to this point where we are but yes they're not really serving a purpose for me right now i don't i (laughs) drive around and do the same shit all the time (laughs) i don't need to figure out all this shit and so what i what would be cool is just to be able to get into the present and and so i keep trying to refocus my energy and, and my mind back to what's happening right now and then like I did that a couple of weeks ago, and it was the, it was, but it just sort of happened. But I was in this flow state where I almost knew what was going to happen next. It's not, this happens to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I sort of know I'm going to see this person at this place, which is beneficial in my job, mm-hmm. and I can go through the day knowing what's going to happen next. Right, right. And then the very next day, I can forget what I'm doing all day long because I'm so far out. Right. And what might happen. Yeah. The two extremes. I don't know if that's making any sense. I just keep going from thing to thing. But I'm trying to, you know, redirect all week long. I was trying to redirect my attention back to the present so I could just be focused on what was happening in my life. Mm -hmm. And all week long, I find myself like just my mind just takes off on me and it just goes. And I'm like, wait, 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 what am I thinking about this for? Right. I'm just going to be focusing on what I'm doing right now. Maybe it's just because what I do is just so mind-numbing and I'm just so... That my unconscious mind just takes over and I don't really need to be... Like the analogy about like um, Alex Honnold when he's climbing a wall without a rope. Mm-hmm. You better be present for, for that, right? Right. And so I sometimes I wonder if I was just doing something that was more enthralling, perhaps I could stay present for it, but that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. I'm, I'm where I am. Well, and my my sponsor used to tell me all the time, and for whatever reason, it's really clicked over the last few weeks. He used to talk about the illusion of control. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I understood it, but what I've thought about a lot over the last few weeks is the amount of time I think of stuff so that I can feel comfortable or in control, or like the day's going to unfold okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I'm going to see this person at this place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens, and it, it reinforces the fact that what I'm doing is okay. And then, but what it does is it makes me feel okay, because I'm running behind, and I'm going to be late, and this is such a long day, so I need to be able to see that person at this mm-hmm. place. And so I'm like creating this illusion of mm-hmm. control in my mind of like, this. Is, I need to understand this, that way I can feel okay about the unknown and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. And over the last few weeks, I've really been aware of it. And like you said, just consciously asking God in the moment, like just direct my thoughts to now. Mm -hmm. And like, does your brain take off on you? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course. One thing I found is, and I hate to fucking be a, lame ass that talks about 
exercise because I've been exercising recently, but my mind races less when I'm physically fatigued. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like um, the other night, I don't know if you have this experience at all, but when I tend to go to a meeting, I have my mind races in a meeting. Yeah. I have a very hard time listening to what everybody's saying yeah. and being present and just like sitting there and enjoying it. My mind goes back and forth between, okay, I'm going to listen to what they're saying, which made me think of something, which now I'm thinking about the thing that I might say. Right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm supposed to be listening. Yes. Okay, what are they saying now? Oh, that reminded me of something. Oh, what might I say when it's my turn to talk? Exactly. And it goes through this fucking loop. Dumb Just cycle. Over. Yeah, yeah, over and over. And then it's like 10 minutes into the meeting... I would have shared something that 40 minutes into the meeting, I shared something completely different yes. that I wasn't... You know what I mean? Because yes. I tend to react to what other people are yes. saying. Well, I'm trying not to, right? Right. Yeah, and that's the loop. Is like, oh, I, I want to just stay present, but now I'm thinking about what that guy just said, and I have experience with that. Stop doing that. Think about this. Yeah. And then the next person shares, and then it's like... Yeah. And Sometimes I, I think it's best just to block them out altogether. Right. And then I just sit there and think about me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what happened Scroll was... through my Facebook feed. I ran... <laughs> which is, ru- which yeah, is rude. Right. I ran a fuckload and then went to this meeting and I just sat there and listened to everybody. Nice. And I was like, oh, my mind doesn't race as much when I'm yeah. physically exhausted. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have that similar experience. Yeah. But yes, my mind will just go. And then... What I've found is I try to get it back under control, mm. and I don't have the power to do that. So then it just keeps Ooh, running again. Yeah. So it's just like, it oh, I'm thinking about this. Stop thinking about that, Kyle. You need to be thinking about the now and being present. And then I'm thinking about the now and being present, and then my mind just runs. So I've tried to just like uh, ask God to help me be in the now I've, throughout the day. I've, uh, I'm about to date myself, but there used to be a Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah. I, I played Nintendo. <laughs> okay. It was called RC Pro-Am where you raced uh, remote control cars. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, if the lead car got too far out and ahead of you, it would just take off. Yeah. And then it would run, f- like, laps ridiculously fast and win the race, like, three laps. And I don't know. So if you didn't, like, keep, if you didn't keep that lead car within a certain amount, it was gone. Yep. And that's what happens with my brain. If I don't, like, check it once in a while, like, hey, what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. It's gone. I've lost about a half an hour of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been operating a motor vehicle. I've been doing things and it's gone. Yeah. That time's gone. Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah. It's hard work, I think, to just try to stay present. Yeah. And what I find is um, the harder I try, the less success I have. Yeah. So, th- so then... This is the other thing I was thinking about this morning is like the, the, the oftentimes the answer for me is the paradoxical one. Like I think that um, I think the thing is to try harder. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is to not try at all. Yes. Or so like this morning I woke up we're t- we're, I'm working a lot. I was tired. I had to go meet with my sponsee. We're doing this podcast. I've got some stuff to do. If you, you know, working six days a week, it's important to make the most out of the day I'm not working. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to do any of it, man. I don't want to. I'm just <laughs> laying in bed. And uh, but what happened is I got up and I made myself shovel because we had got a little bit of snow last night. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was done shoveling, I was ready to go. I was yeah. ready to do everything I had to do that day. So, like, my body's saying, my mind's saying, you need rest. You need to slow down. You need to stop. But I don't think that's really the answer. You know what I mean? Exactly. The answer is the opposite. Yes. Right? Like, when my 
when I'm when I've been when I'm working out regularly, my body's saying, "Hey, you need a day off. You need a rest." But mm-hmm. but if I go to work on that day's rest, I don't feel any better, and I may even feel more lethargic. Yes. Whereas if I get up and I work out, uh, I feel better. So it's just always the thing. Or if I think I need to assert myself more in my situation. Yeah. You know, my parents. Mom was having some pro- some health problems, you know, and I thought I need to get my little hands in there and, you know, mm-hmm. fix it for him and tell him what to do. And I don't need to do any of that. Right. I need to remove myself from the situation. <laughs> you know, I need Absolutely. to be supportive of the decision that they make. I don't need to make their decisions. Yes. Right. I need to be. So it's just, you know, the so many times I was just thinking about that this morning that so many times that the thing that my mind is telling me that I, that is the thing to do it's the very exact opposite man yeah well and like uh i was listening to a rogan podcast it was one within the last two weeks and he was talking about exercise and he was like i bet 80 percent of the time i wake up in the morning and don't want to exercise and for whatever reason that clicked because it was like even that dude who's been exercising every day for 20 years wakes up and goes i don't want to do this yeah and I was like, I, that's where the discipline comes in. That's where the spiritual growth comes in. That's where the perseverance, perseverance. comes in. Is like, I don't want to do this, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And that's how I, that's why I can understand why exercise is beneficial in people's lives in recovery is because there's some spiritual principles behind it. Well, and like, isn't, part of the problem the way we lived before that we just did whatever we wanted to right. do we didn't do things that we didn't want to do exactly right? we, yeah. that, isn't that the epitome of selfishness yeah we only did what we wanted when we wanted all the fucking time yeah right? yeah like oh, i don't want to do that so i'm just not gonna not going to do that <laughs> yeah yep. right and just that simple right yeah and, and the discipline and perseverance and growth that i get from doing stuff i don't want to do speaks volumes and and how i feel afterwards yeah even like 10 minutes into it i'm like oh yeah this feels good again like shoveling the driveway this morning or whatever it's like i don't want to do anything and then you get up and do something you're like all right i feel pretty good i'm ready to go now (laughs) yeah i can do this yeah and like um yeah the thing i noticed about when i run is so when i would run outside i take off i take off east out of here and then i hit north Mm -hmm. and before i get to the next road up there I'm, I'm I feel gassed already, and yes. I'm like, what is going on? And then if I just push back, push past that initial pushback, I'm good, and then I can go for an undetermined amount of time. But yes. there's always immediately a pushback. Yes, it's crazy. It there's very much like a you're like, all right, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you just push back past that, then you can settle into yeah. a, a zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. So. What else is going on, bro? Um, well, um, you know, the other thing, even though I didn't really want to work yesterday, that I was thinking, and maybe this sort of ties to what you were talking about with Megan, where she just, you know, the I think I don't want to give the, anybody the idea that, um, you know, we talk about being different and being loving the spiritual principled life, that it always necessarily looks happy and cheery and yes. pretty. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't look like that. And I was thinking about that at work yesterday because I didn't want to be there and I showed up and, you know, just, I don't know, I was just very dull, very flatlined. And at some point during the day, um, I was driving around and thinking that um, I couldn't even have 
done this before because I had I was so physically addicted to opiates I had to have them to even function right and then when we get to this time of year where I'm working a ton more hours which means I mean I need a ton more pills and I'd be making more money but I'd be spending more on pills and and then you know I would try and have enough just to survive the the season mm -hmm. and uh and when, if we got into something like this a saturday i would have been freaking out because i didn't i probably hadn't planned to have that many and i'm already doing too many anyway and i'm gonna me you know i now i've got to go to work on a saturday and i'm completely full of fucking withdraw withdrawing my face off and yeah. i can't function and like i don't want to be there and everything in the world sucks <laughs> and I was at work yesterday, and I didn't really want to be there, but it was going back to almost what Dan was saying, where it was like, hey, at least I can do this today. Yes. At least I can get up, show up, keep my mouth shut, just go deliver. I mean, it wasn't a fucking terrible. It wasn't like I was in a bad mood. I wasn't, I was just there. I don't know. Right. But like, it's cool that I can do that today. I was like super grateful, even though I wasn't very happy and... And uh, I was just, um, I was like, man, I'm just glad that I get to be able to do this, you know. And so then when I got home from work, again, my mind's telling me, when you get home, you're not doing shit. But that's not what happened. I grabbed Amber. We went and ran a few errands, did a little bit of shopping, had some stuff to do, went and had a nice dinner because I don't get to see her at all, you know, when I'm working this much. And mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. It doesn't look like, hey, I'm happy to be at work on a Saturday and yes. I'm just going to do whatever and it's all God's plan. Yay. Yes. Sometimes it's just like, Tolerance. Yeah. Yep. Being able to do it and an understanding that just the true understanding that I wouldn't even be able to do this before. Yes. Jeff, who's been on the podcast a bunch, our mutual friend, he used to always tell me when he was my sponsor that tolerance, he liked to think of it as enduring hardship. Mm. Like, I don't have to love every aspect of this, but I can go through it without being a whirlwind in people's lives and a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, I, can, I always think of that because tolerance could be like being all chipper <laughs> through stuff and like, oh, but like really what it is is like I'm feeling discomfort, but I'm able to like deal with that in a healthy way yeah. that allows me to still like navigate the world. Yeah. You know, and he used to always talk to me about that because at the time when him and I were working together, I had zero tolerance for a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I hated everybody, and I hated AA, and I hated everybody in it, and, like, I had zero tolerance. And yeah. so he spent a tremendous amount of time talking to me about that. And yeah. what I hear is, like, oh, yeah, I, I was telling you this this week, like, spiritual growth sounds cool, but it never is. Yeah. It never feels no. like it sounds. Yeah. It sounds like I'm kicking ass and life's amazing, but really it's, like doing a bunch of stuff I don't want to do, having to overcome things that aren't really in the accordance with what I thought they would be, and, like, being on the grind and being okay with being on the grind, you know? Yeah, and, so, and like, the thing I got to experience, you know, at least yesterday with at least being okay, also much to your point and why we were talking earlier in the week is because I was doing a 10-step because I was in the middle of a full fucking meltdown at work. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, it doesn't just, I don't just get these realizations. I mean, yes. you know, like it comes with... Action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some trudging and some fucking hard work and some uncomfortableness and making mistakes and stuff like that. It's not like it was just like... And I just realized, I mean, I did just realize it, but it was also, you know, four days earlier, I was coming absolutely <laughs> yeah, unglued. Dude. And I talked to Amy about that the next day, and she suspects there's probably some trauma work to be done in there as well. Mm, yeah. About some other stuff, but, you know, it's like, um, yeah. Uh, 
uh, all the spiritual growth and getting to practice these principles comes at the back end of like, I don't know, it's been a while since I've been as angry as I was when I talked to you the other day. Yeah, you were pretty fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I like a fired up answer. <laughs> that was the most feedback I've gotten was our podcast where you were all fired up. Yeah, people keep saying Everyone stuff about it. Everyone was so excited. I didn't even like, think... I love Aaron when he's like that. I didn't even think I was that wound up. Yeah, you weren't really that bad, but I think it translated as if you were super fiery, uh, which you were a little bit a little bit fiery, but... And I didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, though. I really... Um, I think that's the authentic part of our podcast that comes through and a lot of podcasts that we tend to gravitate towards yeah. is there's an authentic nature where like if something's bothering you you have the courage to come on the podcast and talk about it and yeah. then, and then we can talk about it in a way that isn't uh completely blasting everybody and sh- taking shots or if one of us is doing that because i've been in that place too in my life the other one has a different perspective which i think gives a nice balance to what you and i are doing Hopefully we're pretty authentic. I mean, hopefully we're getting an accurate, accurate representation of who we are. I mean, we're not. I'm f- fucking so much more sane and peaceful than I used to be. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I'm far from the A Buddha. spiritual giant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I always say Somewhere that I'm, in the middle. I want to be the Dalai Lama, but like that's just not the cards for <laughs> right. me. You know. Like, but I've got some rage problems. <laughs> yeah, <still>. exactly. <laughs> So. But I mean, but to, I, I must have been a fucking rageaholic the first time I went to treatment because so many people I've talked to that I talked to after then, I'm like, they make how we're doing. I was like, oh, great, man. I went through the steps and da da da. And this is good stuff. This was when I was sober the last time. Mm-hmm. They were like, you are so angry. And I was awesome. like, me? And they were like, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I just didn't seem, I didn't feel like I was that angry of a person, man. But right. then um, it was a guy I was uh, sponsored for a little while. I, I used to deliver to where he worked at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, and, and I was like at the edge then. I was like near the end of that run. And they're like, man, we, he was like, we talked about like, what a, what a, what a good dude where you were, but you were so negative. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just this angry negative, just, and that's who I, I mean, that makes sense. That's how I felt on the inside. Right. Right. Full of self pity, anger, and resentment. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that that's who I was on the outside. Right. Yeah. Even though you're probably trying not to do that. Yeah. I didn't have any idea. I Despite thought I was. Despite my best efforts. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, I thought that I was probably pretty even kill. Yeah. It's interesting when, um, like in our literature, it talks about when you're having a spiritual ex- experience, oftentimes people see it before you do. Yeah. But then the opposite, probably, like if you're regressing, other people are going to see it long before I'm going to see it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, other people yeah. are going to be like, dude, what's going on, man? You're yeah. fucking <laughs> off kilter. <laughs> you know? You're talking cuckoo, man. Yeah, and so they're going to see the regression long before I am too, probably. Yeah, That's interesting. But you just don't, you know... Sit back and watch. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I'm not going to save these someone. These two cars are about to smash in this <laughs> intersection, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's funny. Yeah. So what's up with you your week, other than you ran a lot? I ran a lot. And, and Megan's a, a rock star who is clearly carrying the load in that relationship. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But um, really not much, dude. I'm just working that uh, we had a giant acquisition at work that was going on and um so i've been busting my ass at work trying to get everything worked out and it keeps getting postponed like pin pushed back another week so 
um, I'm kind of on easy street right now. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Like, cause I reacted very quickly, um, to what was going on and, and then it's been pushed back two weeks and now it sounds like it might not be till the end of the month of December. So now that'll be a whole month that it's pushed back. So like we're, we're pretty like dialed in right now that we're kind of just waiting for that to happen. So my work life is actually less than normal okay. because of that. So it works good. Megan and I, we, um, we did some Christmas shopping yesterday. That's one thing that I love about being um, a little bit healthier mentally is I can just kind of go through the world without losing my mind. You know, like Megan and I have that funny story of me losing my shit in a Walmart. <laughs> and she was like, gotta have this man in my life. Yeah, and I think she still has some trauma about it because like <laughs> yesterday she was like, I already know what's going to happen when we go shopping. And and like I was, for me, fine. great. Right, you know? right, <laughs> like, right. Like I was, I was fine. I was having fun. I was shopping. We, we went and looked at shop stuff. similarly, but anyway. Yes, like, <laughs> well, and like, Generally, it's like, I don't want to go shopping until we have an exact plan of where we're going and what we're getting because the is too much for me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, because we've talked about this because you don't like grocery shopping. No, I don't go grocery shopping. I love it. I like walking around the store and looking at people. It's awesome. (laughs) I, I call into the Kings over here and I pick up my groceries in the parking lot. That's how I grocery shop. I do it online and then go pick it up because I, I just... I have a hard time and I have a, I just, it's not my shit. Yeah. But like yesterday shopping, I didn't even know really what I was going for. I was looking for presents for my dad and then picked up one for my mom. But like, I didn't even really know what I was going for. Mm -hmm. And that would have forced me into like a panic attack. And it was like, oh yeah, we're just going to go check out a couple of stores and like kind of meandered around. It was nice. And then we went by Target's parking lot. I was like, I can't go in there. <laughs> it was chaos. and But it wasn't like overwhelming, you know? And this I can't do. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, we had a great time. Have you been to the new store in the mall? Uh, yes. That thing is fucking Dude, the greatest store ever made. No, we agree. I It's bomb. Amber was like, I know what I want for Christmas. Gift cards here. Yeah, it's, it's the coolest store ever. What's funny about it is because, so the store is where Sears used to be. And as soon as we walk in, the first time this kid was like, because we just happened to be walking out at her, her quote unquote gym, <laughs> her tread, her tre- <laughs> there's a lot of treadmills in yeah. that quote gym, not yeah. many free weights. That's <laughs> good. Anyway, um, she was like, hey, let's go see if that place is open. And we just happened to walk down there and they were. And so we were, it was like their first day open. And mm-hmm. so we were walking around checking out. But when we walked in the door, the kid was like, you guys are going to love it. This place is huge. And we walked by and Amber's like, about as big as Sears. <laughs> but, it, but it is actually bigger because they used a bunch of storage room that wasn't available. Yes. They, they used every inch of floor space. It is so big. Yeah, they, and have, they have everything. The, and the coolest shit, yeah. too. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a home and ranch store combined with a hardware store combined with an outdoor store all smashed into one. With a kitchen. Like, they have kitchen oh, appliances. Oh, yeah, and a home and, goods store. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they've got every... And it's... Yeah. It was no. amazing. And the oh, outdoor stuff, like, that's that's my shit. They've got yeah. so much, like, North Face and Marmot. I was like, this, this is the greatest place I've ever been. I bought some leg gaiters there. You know what leg gaiters are? Um, They're those little things you just strap on at the bottom of your... Oh, like galoshes? <laughs> they're just, like, um, they're just like waterproof 
material you just strap onto your legs when you have to walk through snow. Also known as a galosh. No, galoshes are rubber boots. Basically the same thing that we're having. <laughs> you're not even you're macro making a pair of <laughs> rubber boots. <laughs> have you ever seen 40-year-old virgin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. You macro made yourself a pair of jean shorts. You listen to Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well that yeah, that store's great. So that's where we went and I found gifts there and then got my mom hooked up on something. Go ahead. What were that you? guy looked that offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator looked like Ben Roethlisberger. Was that his brother? Ben anyway. Ben's brother? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. So you got your so you got your mom something, your dad something, but you couldn't hit the target. Yeah, we didn't. I need to get a work present because uh-huh. we do like a, a themed present that everyone brings in for like a twenty five dollar. Mm-hmm. This year it's a kitchen themed present mm-hmm. for twenty five bucks, and then mm-hmm. everyone goes in and you get to pick pick a present. You don't know whose it's from, but here's a knife. Yeah, cost me twenty five bucks. Yeah, so you could do that, or like I was trying to be a little more creative. <laughs> Multiple knives is what I was going for, like a knife block. <laughs> for 25 bucks? Yeah, they're not existent, dude. I looked at at Jack's, and there it was like 200 And I was yeah. like, well, I um, need a new present. So, But anyways, yeah, so we didn't go to Target. But uh, yeah, really nothing's going on in my life. Okay. I'm just running and being a dude. That's good. I'm training for that half marathon. That's oh, yeah. It. You pretty much ran a half marathon about this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I did seven miles this morning. That's a half of a half a marathon. Yes. My goal is I want to do it in under two hours. And in order to do that, you need to run a nine-minute, nine-second mile for all 13.1 miles. Okay. And so I was kind of trying to do – I'm trying to work my way into that. And so I did seven miles today in 64 minutes, which I've, is right on track. I I – I believe that you will be successful. I hope so. Yeah. I'm pretty... Based on where you're already at. Yeah. I'm pretty geared towards like... uh, I'm very goal-oriented, and I forget that about myself because I just don't set a lot of goals anymore. Right. I just kind of like being in this place where I just go where things are going. Mm -hmm. But um, like Megan and I started talking about this, and I've never ran anything even close to a half marathon. And so then I started researching, and it's like in order to run a half a marathon, the the suggestions are you should have already have run at least one half marathon. You should be able to run X amount of this, this, and this. And when I started looking, I was nowhere near that. And I was like, well, I'm a bit of an overachiever, so I'm going to shoot for that goal. And then I've just been really marching towards it, and it's I feel good. What are the prerequisites to run a hundred mile race? Give me that. I'm I haven't looked. I'm guessing that it says like you need to be able to run a three hour marathon, and you know, like they give you, and it doesn't mean you can't do it if you haven't done those. But it's just like these are the suggestions. If you're setting your sights on this amount of time, you should probably be able to do these things. This is what the dummies suggest. Yeah, so it's like you should be able to run a twenty five minute five k, a fifty four minute ten k. And have ran a, a, a half marathon before you try running a sub two hour. And I haven't done any of those things before I started <laughs> exercising. But I can run a 28 minute 5K. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. After if we a, look at our time after age a range, swim and a bike. That's pretty good. Yeah. You should be proud of that. I know. So, so yeah, that's what I'm doing, dude. That's where my goals are. Just meeting with sponsees and doing that. 
I met with my sponsee for the first time in a few weeks. Oh, and I read a half of a fifth step, too. That's what I did on Wednesday. Oh, so you're doing the steps? Yes. You don't just do them once? Nope, not me. This is my fourth time through. Four? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. I wrote inventory when I was six months sober and went through the work at that point. Well, really, four months sober is when I started writing inventory. I read a fifth step around six months. And then um, around two years with Phillips, a couple of months after that, oops, a couple of months after that with uh, with my sponsor now, Ty, and now I'm going through the work again. It's been two years since I've been through it, so I'm going through the work again with my sponsor, Ty, again. But the first time we went through the work, it was how I've written inventory. This time we're going through the work the way he he went through the work with this very orthodox group down in Denver. The Moon Goons? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Moon Goons. That sounds right. Yeah. But uh, so we're going through the work. The inventory part's much different than how I'm familiar with writing. It's the same thing, but you just write in different areas. Okay. So like you expand a lot in the third column. Okay. Instead of where I've always written inventory, you expand in the fourth column. Yeah. This one, you don't have a fourth column. You just write a third column and expand in it. Sounds wrong. It's been really interesting, though, because what I see is all the chaos inside of me. Hmm. That's been the benefit is like the fourth column is usually like how I behaved. So it's like actions towards other people and Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm. This third column one is very much geared towards like what's going on internally and seeing all the confusion and chaos that goes on when I'm resentful. Shudders just thinking about that. And And then like instead of, you know, I don't know how you've written inventory. Maybe you can tell me. When you write inventory and you write a resentment, is it very specific or is it more so like I'm resentful because this is a theme that happens? Yeah, very. mine's like very general, like say this is completely off the top of my head, but I'm resentful at my boss. Why? Because they don't talk to me right. They're bad at their job. Okay, yeah. And that's as specific as I get. Yeah. So on this inventory, I've been given instruction to go to like the very moment I experience the resentment. So it's like, I'm resentful at this guy I work with. And why? Because he yelled at me in front of one of my employees. And it's like a very specific instance where that happened. And then going into what's going on, what effect, what was affected inside of me in that moment. So it's like very poignant. And what I found is it seems the resentments are much more minuscule, mm. if that makes sense. Because like, like, they, like they seem, like in the time it seemed very real, and as you look back on it, you're like, that's silly, minuscule? Yes. Or? Well, that and just like when I generalize, what I found is like I'm resentful at the guy, I wor- and this is just like an example, I'm resentful at the guy I work with because he's incompetent. That seems very large and real, mm-hmm. but when I go to like the very detailed thing of like he yelled at me in front of an employee, all the other BS isn't, I don't wrap it all into the resentment, mm. if that makes sense. It's like very detailed into like this one moment he yelled at me and I've never been angrier at someone in my whole mm-hmm. life. And so that's on there. Okay. But it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but, but then I go through what's affected inside of me and then you do it in a format that like uh, like it affects my self-esteem. And then I write a sentence of like, I am blank. Just, I don't, uh, no, you lost me. 
what so like when you say okay so this is something that i always struggle with explaining and sometimes understanding is when i say something has affected my self-esteem what is the definer for self-esteem what is self-esteem encompass so what i write down is so how quick, i view myself for people that are listening that might not be 12 step people or have not or that are in 12 steps but haven't got to the fourth step yet we're talking about in the fourth step we have to when we go through them we, we're talking about where our self-esteem was affected basically in the third column of inventory if you're doing it out of our literature it says you look at what was affected. And there's multiple things. There's like self-esteem, security, pocketbook, ambition, personal or sex relations is the ones I was given. Pride's not in the one I was given. But that doesn't mean it's not in there. Yeah, it's in the book. Yeah, I just don't think it's in the paragraph that says what was affected. It's up top. If you want to get technical. It's in there. But um, anyways, so like self-esteem. Maybe he wrote it in one on the example. Yes. Okay. So, um... Self-esteem. This is why Kyle's wrong. Is I write down, I am, and then I write down what I what I am in that situation. So like, um, like this guy yells at me, and it goes, "I am untouchable." Oh, or I am like, why? Why is him yelling at me? What's that affecting? Well, I don't think I should be yelled at by someone. Okay. So what's being affected is like I'm untouchable, so you can't yell at me. Okay. So when you yell at me, that affects my self-esteem and what I think I am in that situation. Oh, okay. And then the next one would be security, and this is what I need. And so for that, this guy yells at me. What do I need? I need respect, right? Mm-hmm. And so this guy's not giving me the respect I think I need, so it's affecting my security. And so, like, for me, that would fall under self-seeking. Like, where was my mistake? If you went that far, but we don't go to the fourth column in okay. this. The point is we go through this to identify what's going on internally. What about when you talk about it? I mean, you just skip that whole part together where we resolutely look for our mistakes? No. Um, what I found, and it's kind of weird, this is where, like, uh, the the realm of the spirit's much bigger than what I can understand is as I'm writing this and then as I'm telling Ty about it, it connects the dots to me of, like, where where was I wrong or right. where am I to blame? So you don't ever need to discuss it because you realize it when you're writing it? We talk about it, but oh. I never like actually put pen to paper in this inventory on it, which I know will rub people the wrong way that do inventory the way I have always done it. With the traditional four fourth column. With the fourth column, and I write down, oh, I'm self-seeking. But what I find is like when I'm digging into the third column, I have like these co- conflicting views, and that's what's calling causing me discomfort is like... I don't want to be yelled at, but then I also want respect if I'm going to be yelled at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I end up getting in this whirlwind where it's like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm so fucked up over this. Is like, I have no clear idea of what I what I should be okay with and not okay with. Okay. And then, so, yeah, like, if you went a, like, another column further, it'd be like, yeah, I'm self-seeking because I want respect. And okay. you're not giving me my respect. But, okay. like, writing down... I need respect is obvious that I'm self-seeking. Yeah, gotcha. Right? Yeah. It's self-explanatory. Exactly. Okay. And then, like, my ambitions is, like, I write down what should have happened. Like, what do I think should have happened? So when you take your next guy through the steps, because that sounds like a good idea, but um, and not having any experience with it, you're, you don't see the world the way you used to see the world. So Correct. it might be 
a little bit easier for you to see those things about yourself. Whereas, like, when we first get here, just seeing the fact that we could possibly be in the wrong in all these resentments is fucking hard for guys to fathom. Mm-hmm. So when you got, when you take guys through the work, do you think you're going to go with the um, the way you were taught before or the way you're learning now? I think it depends on who would be asking me. So if a guy's been through the work one time before, I would probably take him through this way because it's a new experience. And that's what I think my role is as a sponsor. If you, if you, Like I have two guys that are working with me now that have been through the work before they started working with me. Mm-hmm. And those guys started working with me because they were looking for a new experience. Mm-hmm. At least that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a guy's been through the work one time, I'm probably going to take him through inventory in a more thorough, in-depth way that they might not be accustomed to looking at it so that would be my answer if it's a new dude i'm probably going to stick probably pretty high level or like a surface level four column let's identify where we're to blame and we'll move forward because that's very because that to me has yielded success before because that will reveal the truth to the people writing the inventory yes and about the unsellable goods and i've worked with uh, uh, a few people that way and have had success that way. Gotcha. So I would probably wouldn't change that right. because it works. Right. But like if, if and this would never happen, but if you were like, dude, I want to go through the work today with you or whatever, like I really am looking, I would probably take you through this way, just like Ty is taking me through this way. Because what got us on this whole conversation was me, me talking to him about looking for a different perspective. Gotcha. And he was like, well, let's go through the work the way I went through it. Okay. And so what it is doing is it's making me be more aware of what's going on in, inside of me during situations, which I didn't think, like, I tend to just react mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. Something goes on and I react. Yep. Well, going through the work this way is kind of bringing out more of an awareness of what's going on with me in the moment. That makes sense. The reason why I react to shit is because something's affected in me. Yes. Right? So like, um, so if I'm aware of what's affected in me when it's happening, I, I might have a better success. What I've found is I'm having a little bit better success not just reacting. What is affected in you when you are immediately afraid that you're getting the short end of the stick? Does that affect your self-esteem? Like, is it like a... Because the, my mm, subordinates and other people around me will perceive me as being weak. Uh, I mean, maybe like if that's what you're thinking. Like for me, I would be thinking about like self-esteem, security, ambition. Because mm. like if I think I'm getting the short end of the stick, that's affecting my ambition. Mm. Because I should be getting the best end of the deal. Mm-hmm. Like that's ambition is like how how things should have turned out. But it could also be self-esteem, like, don't they know who they am, how, right. who I am? Yeah. How like, could they treat me like this? Right. So if I were writing the inventory this way, I'd be writing self-esteem. I am the king, or I am the Clearly best employee. the most valuable employee. Right. I am the MVP. So when they don't treat me like the MVP, I'm affected by that. Okay. And so then my self-esteem's affected my security because it's like I need whatever it is, respect or... Yeah appreciation or love or consideration like i need those things yeah. and when you don't when you don't even give me those things that's affecting me and so then what's going on is in the moment like at work last week i was frustrated with a guy that i work with and uh, like in the moment it was like what is going on and it was like mm-hmm. oh yeah this is affecting my ambition because this guy works for me if he doesn't do things the way i want him to 
I'm going to look like a dummy. Gotcha. And so then it was like, just take a second and chill, and I don't need to lash out at this guy and yell at him. I'll just take some time and relax. Do you and Ty, how, how what are we at? 55 minutes. Do you and Ty, does, did he lay out those terms for you? Because I think for me, I I want to understand what exactly I'm talking about and looking for. So do you, did he, I did you guys sort of just together pre beforehand talk about what ambition is, what security is? Yep. So okay. when we met to outline inventory for my fourth step, we he gave me the parameters. You write down and he had me do this thing that I've never done before where I write a prayer on top of the page and a prayer on the bottom of the page. The prayer on top is something like, God, make me open, honest, and willing. And then at the bottom, write down something like, God, thank you for the words. So at the very top of my page, on every page of inventory I've written, I have that prayer, God, make me open, honest, and willing. And then the next piece was write down who. And he just said, like, put it down on a little corner of the page. So who. And then the next one was cause. Just like our inventory, cause. I'm resentful at guy at work. Why? yelled at me in front of one of my employees. And then he explained at that moment, get into a very detailed, not detailed, but like a very specific instance. So not, I don't like this guy because he yells at me, write down the exact moment when he yelled at me and use that. Because the term resent is what we've been told is from the Latin to refill. Yes. And so if you're going to refill something, then it's that specific event. That moment. And going back into it, you can refill it. Oh, yeah. And when I wrote this down, I was angry again. And then he goes, okay, so now we're going to do what's affected inside of me. And then at the, like on my first one, we wrote down uh, self-esteem, and that's an I am sentence. So I am untouchable i am the king i am the mvp or i'm a piece of shit whatever it is like um, generally it's i view myself either better than or less than and so when it touches that it affects me so it's like i am the next one is uh security and you write down i need Mm. the next one is pocketbook and you write down money equals what Mm. so like if, if something's affecting me money equals my career, money equals respect, money equals my future, money. And so if, if it's messing with my money, then it's affecting that idea I have. Then the next one down is ambition. And he had me write down the way things should have turned out. Mm. So at work, I go in, I want a nine hour day. I get a 12 hour day that affects my ambitions because it should have turned out me getting a nine hour day. Mm. And then personal relations he had me write down what how men should behave. So, and then sex relations is how women should behave. Mm. So it's very interesting. And I've gotten I have a I I'm not even through my resentment inventory with him yet, but I definitely am seeing things differently just by writing it that way. Yeah, that's um detailed. That would that would be a lot more time consuming than you know, just the last inventory I did. I sat down for a couple of 20, 30, 40 minute sessions mm-hmm. and bing, bang, it was done. Yep. And I, I have probably like, I don't, I didn't count them probably 15 to 20 resentments though. Or the specific event of a specific yeah. event, like 15 or 20. And it took me almost a month to write this and I can knock out inventory in a weekend yeah. if I'm really dedicated. Yeah. But what happens is like when I'm, like you said, refeeling it, 
I can I don't want to write for five hours because yeah. it's like I kind of am in this place where it's like I'm I'm a little bothered again, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it took me about a month to write this inventory, but um, it was it it's a definitely a different perspective. Yeah, it sounds really like cool, it would though. be um, insightful. Yes, and and that's what I found is. And I've talked about this a lot, and we can finish whenever we're talking quite a bit. But and I feel like I'm talking and you're not. But, but it's usually the other way around, so it's okay. But what I've found is, I've said this a lot in in on this podcast, where um, my outside stuff necessarily isn't really that chaotic and wild anymore. But my internal condition sometimes still really needs treated. Yeah, and that's what I've found. This inventory is kind of giving me a better better look at internally what is going on inside of me not so much what am I causing harm to other people but like what is being affected inside of me because if I can start cleaning that up then I don't do any of it yeah you know? well and the, the the you know like doing harm to other people and cleaning that part up is like through the first couple years of sobriety and running a few inventories i've learned how to not for the most part take out my shit on somebody else right i know i know it's not okay for me to act that way anymore it feels bad yeah. when i act that way i've learned how to not act that way mm-hmm. and so like that part of it hopefully does hopefully it requires you know right decreases with everybody exactly so but the other stuff still continues yeah it's like i still get full of fear i just don't take it out on anymore yeah well now i feel like i'm starting to put a magnifying glass or like shine some light on like why am i still getting full of fear about situations that i was full of fear of four years ago yeah you know what i mean like yes my external life has changed a lot my internal behavior or thought pattern is still very similar i don't uh, i don't want to make it sound like i haven't grown like internally i think differently too but this is shining a light in a new way for me so i'm really grateful i went through it because i i honestly a couple i don't know when it was 10 podcasts ago or something when we were talking about it i was like i really don't have anything i'm just going through inventory just to see it you know and just see a different perspective and now i'm going through it i'm like wow i'm getting so much out of this that i didn't even realize i could see that though like the single event being more i could see writing more because if i just think about resentments i'm like Uh, that's whatever i just go through life i mean things aren't that bad right but if i were to think about specific events and like the reason why when i get through that like with a new person why i don't want them to be specific it's because they still haven't had the perspective change. Right. And they're going to, I don't need a fucking 14 page second column. Mm-hmm. That's just you talking about you and how you were fucking screwed. Yes. But in a situation like this, I could see it being beneficial. Yeah. It, it has definitely been a good experience for me. And I feel like internally, I'm starting to find a little bit more peace and I'm starting to what is affected inside of me is starting to change or be less than it, than typical. Or you know, does it have less effect on you too? Yes, like, that's what I'm... Tr- yeah, that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah, because like the thing that happens is the shit has an effect. I mean, that's why we write it down, right? Affects my... Right. Um, and then in that situation, the world and the people in it dominate me and I'm reacting to situations. Yes. Whereas... If my reactions 
to life start to change, then I, I don't change. have to run it any further down yeah, the line. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm so like, oh, yeah, this is that again. Yeah. Never mind. It's not real. Yeah. My mind likes to tell me it's real, but it's not. Yes, exactly. So if if anyone had been through the work before and is yearning for a new perspective, I would probably dig in deeper on my first step. Like my first uh, plan would be to dig in deeper on like a sex inventory because I feel like that is an area where people gloss over, at least outside of our pretty tight circle. People write sex inventory much different than how I think you and I have experienced it. So I'd probably encourage them to go in that area first. And then if they were wanting something, then I would... I. Personally, I would take them through the way I do, I'm going through right now. What I see a lot is that people just don't write fear or sex inventories at all. Right. Because the example for resentment inventory is in the book, right? It's mm-hmm. got the three columns, which is why the moon goons only write a three-column inventory. Right. Because that's the way it's outlined. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're not really the... Anyway. And uh, I just don't want anybody going around looking for that. They're not really called the moon games. It's something Uh, else. (laughs) That's a good name for them. um, But then, you know, because this is what happened to me when I first got back, is the people that kept coming to me and asking for help, I'd, you know, get some background on them, and they'd all done the work before. And then we sit down, and none of them had written a, a fear inventory or a sex inventory. Or a sane and sound ideal. Yeah. That's one thing I see nobody ever writes. Yeah. And, uh, right, right. They do things like, you know, don't have a relationship for your first year or buy a plant. or Yeah. yeah. But that's not... <laughs> But if you just write sex inventory and create a sane, sound ideal... And be willing to grow towards it. And ask God to shape you Mm -hmm. as you grow towards it, that's what is suggested. Right. I mean, do it or don't. Yeah, Megan and I weren't sober a year before we started dating, so... Yeah. And that that's worked out okay so far. Yeah. So So, so yeah, so what I see then is just... um, And I guess it's just because... I don't know why it is. Maybe because it's not a diagram. Maybe because it's uncomfortable. But it says we we listed it. We got it all down on paper. It says so. It says so with the fears. It says so with the sex. Yep. So, so that would be if a if a guy had been through the work one time. I'd probably dig into those other two inventories more first before we dig into to like a third column, one that I'm doing right now. But that doesn't mean someone on their first inventory, like my sponsor, the first inventory he did is the way I'm doing it right now. Like, and he's been sober like 20 years and is one of the more spiritually fit people I've ever been around. So, and was probably one of the more drunkier drunkards. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I think that it all works if, if we're willing to put in the work, I think that, that God, God fills in a lot of the, the gray area. That's right. That's what I think. But I, in my own mind, again, trying to make it so it makes sense. I'd probably yeah. march them through the steps of like, we'll do it very general the way we, you and I both have done it. Then we'd go a little bit further into different inventories. Then we dig really into that third column one, maybe down the line again. So just because that's my own experience. Yeah, so. that's right. That's what we do. We do what, what what has been done to us. Yeah, and as long as it comes out of the work or out of the book, I think I we've got a good shape. That's right. Like a good place to start. Yeah. So, so, yeah. People say there is no wrong way to do the steps, and I, I don't, I can't agree with that. 
I would say there's no wrong way to do the steps if you're coming out of the book. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) There's no wrong way to come out of the book. Yes. If you're reading the black parts. Yeah. And doing if, what they say, yeah, you're like, probably okay. Yeah, because like the way I just outlined a third column, that's not exactly explained perfectly in the, in the literature, but it's someone's perspective of the literature and what that means, and where that comes from is people who have lots of sobriety at at the moon goons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it um, if you're coming out of the book, I think God fills in the rest. That that's what I'll say. The moon goons meet in the basement of a very old building <laughs> with large bricks and wooden chairs. There may be some chanting. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, we should stop. Yeah, talking. we're we're in a ways again. So oh well. Hopefully, I, hopefully people listen to this because this was probably I th- this was a good podcast. So. We haven't yeah. talked about. I mean, we don't always get this in depth into the steps. Yeah, we're in the weeds right now. So yeah. which I like getting there sometimes. So. Yeah, I mean, if we can only talk about ourselves so much, okay, I could talk about myself quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could get a job talking about myself, you mean people are always like. Do something you're passionate about. I'm passionate about talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to upload this. We'll probably have an in-town guest. I think we might want to try to work on one of those here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get We got a couple of people that we still had been wanting to ask and just had, we'd been flush with guests. Your sponsor is one of them. I hope you'll one day ask him. I thought you were going to ask him. I can, yeah. I don't even know him. I don't see him anymore. I haven't seen him in a while, but but yeah, I can talk to him. But right. yeah, hopefully we'll have some in-town guests. But Maybe another member or two of your home group. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, a couple guys from my home group. But bear with, or bear with us while we uh, work yeah. through till the beginning of the year. We yeah. have some guests lined out at the beginning of the year. And then we have another phone one with a 12-stepper. Who out of Washington. She might be our biggest fan. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. I love her emails to us and stuff. Yeah. She's great. I'm just saying that um, Amber and your mom better step up their game. Yeah. they Neither of them have emailed us. Yeah. This individual, she, she emails us quite a bit because she's a big fan, and we're going to have her on in, in the middle of January, and we're real excited about that, too. She's got a... From what I know of her, and I don't know her that well, but from what I know of her, she has a very powerful story. Yeah, so, she's friends with Courtney, and Courtney had talked a little bit about it. And yes. It sounds like some pretty incredible stuff. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. What is, we have an Instagram, Recovered AF Podcast. What's our email? Recovered AF Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. All right. Thanks.